Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fantasy Favorites Podcast with Tony Squares and Chris Dell, presented by the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and at PG Sports Now. And if you're watching us on the at PG Sports Now YouTube channel, or you're listening to us as a proud member of the North Shore Drive podcast family, give us a like, give us a follow, give us a subscribe. It really helps us out. But today... On the Fantasy Favorites Podcast, we're talking about two positional groups to help you achieve greatness in your fantasy football league. We're breaking down the quarterbacks and the running backs today. And the man that's going to be doing most of the legwork here is my co-host, Chris Dell himself. He is the sports editor of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and their lead fantasy football analyst. Dell, we're in the middle of preseason week two or week three, whatever they're calling it. It's the second preseason game for most of these teams. We're getting into the nitty-gritty of these rosters trying to shape up. It's time to start breaking down these rankings and how much is flowing for you? How much are these rankings changing on the daily for you? Is it tough to keep up with it? I wouldn't say tough to keep up with. You know, we talked about on our fantasy commandment show that we want to have our notifications on for all the best news that's coming out of training camp so we can filter out what's worth listening to and what's worth really ignoring. That's the most important part. So, yes, I am changing my rankings every single day, trying not to make huge rankings changes. For example, we'll talk about running backs when Dalvin Cook signed with the Jets. I I bumped Brees Hall from RB11 to RB16, so not a huge move, but a noticeable move enough that might make an impact in your draft and move Dalvin Cook into the 30s range. So trying to make modest adjustments here and there, not trying to overreact, but it's an everyday process for sure. Speaking of uh, uh, news, we talked. We got Dalvin Cook signing with the New York Jets, and also Zeke came back with the New England Patriots. Do you think that harms Ramondre Stevenson's fantasy prowess for those Patriots? Because he was getting drafted around where Brees Hall was. Yeah, it's a good point. And, you know, I thought about this a lot, and I, and I kind of changed my opinion over the last 48 hours about this. I actually think that this helps Ramondre Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I think it helps him because it's going to help us. It's going to give us a cheaper price tag to draft him at in fantasy. Mm-hmm. His, AD, his ADP is going to lower. But you know what's going to happen is that – think about the Cowboys last year. They threw to their running backs a ton, and they didn't throw to Zeke Elliott at all. And Ramondre Stevenson was the primary pass catching back in New England last season. We don't want Ramondre Stevenson getting those meaningless carries between the 20s. We want to give those to Zeke. The red zone carries inside the 10, inside the 5. We want Ramondre Ramondre playing on 100% of the two-minute drill, the no-huddle snaps, catching all the passes, getting all the targets. So if he can stay fresher because of Zeke and give us the ADP discount in our drafts and he slips five or six spots – I think that's a prime opportunity for us to take advantage of the public overreacting and us taking advantage of the process. I'll tell you, I certainly won't be drafting Zeke. No offense. Anyone who wears a number 15 jersey in New England is off my fantasy team forever. Thank you, Nikhil Harry. But let's go. Let's move forward onto why we're here for the podcast today, why we're here for the show. We're doing the quarterbacks and the running backs. And the way we're going to attack this is we, we've thought of the debut of a new segment, probably a returning segment for this show. It's my brother's favorite fast food chain, and it's our favorite fantasy segment. It's the five buys segment. Dell, you're going to give me five quarterbacks that you either buy buying or selling and you're going to give me five running backs that you're either buying or selling and give me the case for each of it and we'll break it down step by step but these are five guys in each positional group that you need to focus on during your draft because Dell has the goods for them so let's start off with quarterbacks Dell I want the first quarterback on your five buys list 
I feel like I've been talking about him nonstop. I mentioned him in the Ten Commandments piece from earlier this month. I mentioned him in my quarterbacks article at Post Gazette at the Post Gazette website, um, and I talked about him every which way in between. And it's Justin Fields, and I really don't know how to emphasize the fact that what Jalen Hurts was in 2022. Justin Fields is that quarterback in 2023. He's a guy that has the elite rushing ceiling, a young player who's continuing to grow and develop, not just as a passer, but as a playmaker, uh, as in terms of his quarterback mentality, his mindset, his, his football IQ is going to keep getting better. You know, continue to remove him from the old regime of Matt Nagy that completely sunk that offense down a few years back. So Mm -hmm. we saw what Justin Fields did in the second half of last season. He was the third quarterback overall in fantasy points per game, only behind Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen. And he's going right now as the sixth or seventh quarterback off the board in drafts. So to me, that's just that's exactly that's exactly what we saw with Jalen Hurts last year. The rushing upside is there. I mean, you look at the numbers that Justin Fields put up last season. He has a lot of room to grow. He could rush for even more yards this year. He could rush for more touchdowns, and he could pass for more in the process. The addition of DJ Moore is massive to this offense, as is uh, bringing in multiple talented running backs. Dom Foreman, Khalil Herbert's another year removed from being the backup to David Montgomery last season. They drafted a talented rookie running back in Roshan Johnson, so – And this is a competitive division. And you know what I love the most about this, Tony, on top of everything I just said about Fields specifically, is that the Chicago Bears defense is still really bad. That means they're going to allow a ton of points. That means we're going to see more pass attempts, more offensive plays for Chicago in in a competitive division in all their division games and throughout the entire season. That's going to lead to ceiling performances for Justin Fields. And look, Jalen Hurts, I've got him ranked in my top 20. But you have to pay a top 20 draft pick in order to get him. The cost is very high, as is with Josh Allen. You can draft four elite players and then take fields in the fifth round. And there's no no better bargain in fantasy at any position right now more than Justin Fields, in my opinion. See, what what holds me back in the hesitation, not only am I a diehard Green Bay Packers fan, but uh, uh, we've seen Justin Fields the past two years not exactly be the best in the world at, at being a pocket passer, breaking down a defense, getting the right reads, getting the right you know progressions done. We've seen that happen. But as you said, and I think it's really important, that's why I want to ask this question and hearken on it, the last few weeks of the season, even the Justin Fields that we saw was still the QB3 in fantasy football. So we don't need a giant improvement. We don't need Justin Fields to become Tom Brady in the pocket to be a dominant fantasy player. He already is that. Am I right? I mean, less than 10 years ago in fantasy, I was starting Tim Tebow every single weekend. And he, <laughs> and he was getting me 20-plus fantasy points. I, I just can't stress enough. It's the same type of process and thought strategy. There's nothing new here. That's I mentioned it on the Ten Commandments show. You can go back and watch and listen yeah. to it. But – the only rule I have in fantasy for me personally is leave every draft with a rushing quarterback. And that's why, and, and I'll talk about a couple of the other guys I like as well, but Justin Fields is the ultimate embodiment of that. And when you look at what he did last season, again, like the last half of the 2022 season, he only had 10 touchdown passes, still averaged 25.5 fantasy points per game. Only Hurts and Mahomes were ahead of him. The next closest quarterback averaged four full points less, and that was Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. How about this? Justin Herbert right now is getting drafted ahead of Justin Fields, 
And he averaged seven plus points, fantasy points per game, less than Fields did last year, just because, uh, you know, Justin Herbert is, is the flashier name. He's the cleaner pocket uh, passing quarterback. He throws a better spiral. I don't care what your spiral looks like. I care about you running the ball as my quarterback and you getting me fantasy points. And that's what Fields is going to do. I get it. You're throwing down my golden boy, Justin Herbert, but I get it completely when it comes to fantasy. Do you think, before we move on to the second quarterback on your list, do you think there is a world where Justin Fields finishes as the QB1 this season? Absolutely, absolutely. and that's why yeah. you want to draft him. That's what Jalen Hurts did last exactly. season, and, and, and that's what Justin Fields can do. And even if Justin Fields does exactly what he did in the last 10 weeks of 2022, he's going to finish as the third overall quarterback. And, in the, and, and the, the top three quarterbacks were on a whole nother level than the ones who came after that. And that's including, quote unquote, elite options like Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, et cetera. Yeah. So even yeah. if he just does what he did to finish the year last year without DJ Moore, he's going to be a smash, an absolute value bargain for you in drafts this season. All right, fine, Dell. I'll buy it. Can we stop talking about Justin Fields? I hate the Bears. We got plenty of season for it, but that's your first QB on the five buys list. Give me a, a second name for the quarterback selection. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to keep it simple with my buys, and I'm just going to group this together because I don't want to sound repetitive here, Tony. But Daniel Jones, you know, oh. is he a good is he a good real life quarterback? Who knows? And I don't care. Daniel oh. Jones last year was QB nine in fantasy yeah. points per game for the entire season. He's getting drafted as the 14th quarterback off the board right now. He was well, QB7 in the last half of the season as well. Well, let, let me bring that up because you brought up Daniel Jones, and obviously there are bigger names going ahead of him. He's QB14 usually in average drafts right now. Uh, but uh, are you looking to draft Daniel Jones as your starter, or are you saying Daniel Jones should be on your roster as maybe a, a high-quality backup? It's a, it's a great question because I will – I'll be the first one to admit that in my best ball drafts, uh, I haven't drafted a ton of Daniel Jones because I've been drafting Justin Fields. Now, yeah. if you're in, if you're in a standard roster format, starting lineup format type of league, that that means you only start one quarterback a week, right? Right. So let's say we're talking about normal bench spots, normal rosters. If you get an elite option early, you don't want to take a second quarterback maybe until the final rounds of your draft. But yeah. If, if I do miss out on the top tier, and to me, the top two tiers are six quarterbacks, and that's the three rushers, which is Josh Allen, uh, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Fields. And then I have Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Joe Burrow in that How next tier. But to, to me, there's a clear drop-off after that top six. So How if I miss you. that top six, I'm going after either uh, Daniel Jones, Geno Smith, or Anthony Richardson. And those are the three guys I want as my number one starter if I miss out on one of those elite options that I mentioned earlier. Would you, would you ever go in, let's say you miss the six guys that you're talking about and you're focusing on the Geno Smiths, Daniel Jones of the world. I know we're getting off topic here, but we're talking about strategy now. Would you ever go in there and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to get both of those guys. I'm going to get Geno and Daniel Jones. Yeah, I'm wasting a mid-round pick on on a, the same uh, position. These guys aren't going to start for me every week, but I know that week to week I'm going to have a guy that I can trust. Yeah, I mean, I, I say it, it's a little more digestible to do it that way. Uh, you definitely yeah. don't want to do it if you burn a top five, top six round pick. But yeah. if you're taking if you're taking two guys overall, and we're talking about round ten here or something like that, then I, I think that you can make a case for it. Daniel Jones right now is going at pick one hundred and eight, so that's essentially around round ten of your draft. So yeah. if you can get Daniel Jones and then a couple rounds later 
drafting Anthony Richardson, and all of a sudden he gives you that same potential, then you have something to work with there. Uh, I don't think you need to do that, but I think that that's an option. I think there's even guys uh, uh, even that are going to be on the waiver wire, one guy that I really like a lot, I'll, I'll save him for next, that you can just draft Daniel Jones and let him ride, and I'm guessing there's going to be at least one borderline elite fantasy option on the waivers come week two, week three, week four as we move into the regular season. Okay, so Daniel Jones is a uh, best buy slot number two. You may have mentioned another name here, but uh, can I get a third quarterback that's certifiably on the best buy list? Yeah, it's going to be Anthony Richardson for me. Geno Smith, Geno Smith, I love a lot, and he's going right after Daniel Jones as QB fifteen. Geno Smith was fantasy quarterback eight in points per game last season. He offers a little bit of a rushing floor, similar to what Joe Burrow and Mahomes offered us last year, somewhere in that like. 300 to 400 rushing yards for the season type of thing, right? They'll get you 20, 30 yards. That's an extra two to three points that can come in handy week to week, right? But Anthony right. Richardson, look, there's no there's no real stats we're going to pull up from him because he's coming into his first NFL season. But we've seen that, like, the Colts showed us from the beginning we're drafting this guy with a top three pick. But on yeah. top of that, they didn't give him the job right off the jump. He's shown that he can at least be competent enough to be – a full-time NFL starter in this offense. And when you look at what he can do, I mentioned Tim Tebow. I talked about Daniel Jones. I talked about Justin Fields. Again, we don't care if these guys are great real-life quarterbacks. We don't care how tight their spiral is. He's going to run, and he's going to run some more. And there's never been, period, a better athlete entering the NFL at the quarterback position than Anthony Richardson. Like, better athlete than Michael Vick. Better athlete than Lamar Jackson. Like, this is for real here of what he can do. And in terms of like these garbage garbage time points that a quarterback can rack up, if the Colts are a really bad team, that could be yeah. even better for us because all of a sudden you see the Colts, they're losing 28 to nothing. They're trying to get Anthony Richardson reps to try to get him ready for next season. Oh, he's going to be scrambling every other play, gaining 30 yards here, 20 yards there. He's going to be the primary goal line back for that team. I think they're going to try to keep Jonathan Taylor fresh with his whole contract situation going on. So uh, Anthony Richardson's going off the board as QB's. QB 17 right now, excuse me. So that's an even better discount than we're getting on you know, Daniel Jones, more of a polished passer, if you can say that, than Richardson, because we don't know what Richardson's going to give us there. But Richardson, yeah. Richardson's weapons aren't actually all that bad. Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, the talented, uh, coming off a, a, a solid rookie season, talented year two receiver. They've got like three, like six foot seven, six foot eight dudes at tight end Jelani Woods, <laughs> Mo Ali Cox, Kylan Branson. Like they have a loaded tight end room. So it's not the worst supporting cast in the world for Richardson. And the X factor, as you know, is Shane Steichen. Shane Steichen coached up Jalen Hurts to what he was the last couple of years in Philadelphia. And now he's leading things and leading the offense in Indianapolis. And, and, and that connection right there, like you saw when Josh Allen became an elite fantasy quarterback, he wasn't a good passer. When Jalen Hurts started be- becoming a borderline elite fantasy option, he wasn't a good passer either. I'm not worried about the passing. The Russian's going to give you that floor to where if you take Anthony Richardson around 12, 13, you're going to be locked into like a top 10 starter every single week. I don't care how bad he's throwing the ball. And I also think you brought up a good point about how bad Indy might be as a team this year, win-loss wise. I just broke down my AFC win-loss records, win totals, and I was going through all the AFC teams in Indy. I'm sorry if there's any Colts fans listening to this. They were the worst team to me in the AFC. I had them going 2-15. and 15. So I'm right there with you with Anthony Richardson being in these garbage games, getting points late. That stinks when you're watching it on Sunday trying to root for the team, but it's great when you're watching for your fantasy team because that's all it is. Let's move on to QB number four, Mr. Dell. Yeah, so um, you know, let, let's let's talk about 
at least one guy that I don't like and not just guys that we like here, right? Uh, or do we want to talk about all buys? Are we talking about just buys? You want me to throw in it's a all, guy? It's there? all you, baby. Whatever you all want right, to so do. Let, give me, give me a sell if you want to give me a sell. Yeah. So like, it's, you know, let, let's talk about, about a guy that I'm going to buy and then I'm going to sell right away, right? So to me, um, it, it's it's just the pure pocket passers that don't give you any rushing upside. And I'll tell you what, Tony, I have no idea why Aaron Rodgers is being taken as a top 12 quarterback off the board in drafts. I mean, this guy was – we, we thought – I think we were all in agreement that Deshaun Watson was terrible last year. Are, are, am, I, am I right or no? You are, you are completely Deshaun right. Deshaun Watson, he, even as terrible as he was, playing in, in blizzards and monsoons every other weekend for Cleveland, averaged more fantasy points per game than Aaron Rodgers did. And now Aaron Rodgers goes to a team with an elite defense that wants to win with defense and win with running the ball. They bring in Dalvin Cook. They got Brees Hall, talented rookie coming off injury. He seems to be healthy as well. Yeah, Aaron Aaron Rodgers could lead a few game-winning drives, throw a couple clutch touchdown passes this year. He's not going to be a high-volume passer. I've got him ranked as my quarterback 29 overall this year, 15 spots behind where he's getting drafted. He offers zero ceiling zero upside we know what we get with Rodgers he's a veteran he wants to stay healthy and stay fresh he wants to win games he doesn't want to win you fantasy games so look I'm not saying he's going to finish 29th in fantasy points per game I'm saying that's how far I'm going to push him down because I know what I'm getting with him and it's not going to lead me to fantasy wins and that's why I want to bump him as far down my rankings as I can because then I know then I know even if he slips in drafts I'm still not going to take him I see this Aaron Rodgers situation in New York a lot like, obviously, the Tom Brady situation in Tampa Bay. And if you remember that first season with Tom Brady in Tampa, they really struggled the first eight weeks of the season. They really had some troubles until they all figured how each other worked and got a lot better as the season went on and obviously went along to win the Super Bowl. I think that's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. Not the Super Bowl part, but definitely the it struggles to get out of the gate early. They get stuff together. And I would look at Aaron Rodgers, if you're struggling at the quarterback position, as maybe a cheap trade target as we get down the line because they will be in games late and they will be fighting for for playoff positioning as we go on in the season. Aaron Rodgers will be a huge part of that. But I think you're absolutely right. Aaron Rodgers is getting drafted on name value alone right now. He's playing behind probably the worst offensive line he's ever had. His skill position players outside of Garrett Wilson, are I don't believe you would have them starting in any other uh, uh, team in the league other than, of course, the running backs and Garrett Wilson. But everyone else on that team really isn't doing it for me. And I'm surprised as high as he's getting drafted. But QB 29, Dell, I think you're just being mean. But let's move on to QB number five. <laughs> yeah, QB number five. Um, you know, I, I just want to I just want to wrap this up and say that, like, the pure pocket passers, I'm just not drafting. I've got Kirk Cousins six spots below his ADP. Uh, I've got uh, Justin Herbert six spots below his ADP as at QB thirteen. You're an idiot for that, Dale. I mean, look, I think Herbert's going to have. Listen, everything you say makes sense. Everything you say is intelligent and is right about the pocket passing versus the rushing and the floor and the ceiling and all that stuff. I am just letting it known now. I'm going to be drafting Justin Herbert wherever I can because I love him. I think he has a chance to be the MVP this year. I think the Chargers have a chance to be one of the best teams in the AFC this year, record-wise. I love Justin Herbert with all of my heart. I'm taking him everywhere I can get. So every time you slight him, as right as you may be, I'm going to say F off, pretty much. I mean, I'll, bet, I'll, I'll, I'll make a bet on him to win MVP too, but I still, don't, I still don't want him on my fantasy team because the cost is too high. He's getting drafted right now as like the sixth quarterback off the board in drafts. He was quarterback 18 in fantasy points per game last season, 
And, you know, they added a rookie, Quentin Johnson, who's talented, but he has question marks coming in about some drop concerns and route running concerns as well. Keenan Allen's another year older. Mike Williams, as much as I love him, hasn't been the, the biggest bastion of health in the last couple of years for his career either. Austin Eckler's another year older. So look, Kellen Moore, I think, will improve the offense. I think Herbert will bounce back from his rib injury. People are saying that that's really what held him back last season. But, uh, you know, there's been multiple studies done. People a lot smarter than me, Tony, where – uh, the number one – it's been proven that the number one hardest statistic to predict is passing touchdowns in the NFL. And Herbert could throw for 10,000 yards and have bad luck in the passing touchdown department, yeah. and he's going to be a mediocre fantasy quarterback. And that's why Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, I'm like willing maybe to make a little exception on because he's shown – the, the ability to run a little bit in college, but that's my general process and strategy when it comes to drafting these guys. Um, I won't bring up my last guy as a buy uh, who is like an absolute like emergency, uh, you know, last ditch resort type of guy you can draft in case you miss out on all these guys. You're so wrapped up in drafting other positions or whatever happens in your drafts. Uh, even as a, a guy you can stash in your bench and you got a few extra roster spots and things like that. I actually really like, uh, Sam Howell for Washington. Uh, I've Howell, been hearing that name a lot, man. I've been hearing that name a lot, and I don't believe it. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You don't want to draft him as your main starter, right? Like, if, if you draft Anthony Richardson uh, as the 17th quarterback off the board, you can uh, add Howell in the last round of your draft. Like, there's a lot of drafts. Oh, he's not yeah. even being Howell seen. is free. Howell, is, Howell yeah. is the king of the waiver wire, my friend. Exactly. But let's not forget that the year before Howell came out of college in North Carolina, that he was actually projected once to be a top five pick in the draft. He had a, a, a slightly down senior – I think it was a senior season. He had a slightly down year. Some of his former uh, supporting cast members and receivers had left the year prior. But – he would he as a prospect he profiled as a legit franchise starting quarterback and we, we saw last year just in his one start he ran five times for 35 yards his, his last year at North Carolina he ran for about 850 yards altogether so this guy has some wheels uh, to where he could wind up being like a Daniel Jones light if given the right opportunity and we talk about again a Washington team that could be losing a lot of games in a very competitive division he could drop back to throw drop back to scramble. And his supporting cast isn't that bad either. Antonio Gibson, very talented running back, uh, played receiver in college. Terry McLaurin, probably top 10 bona fide, like wide receiver one in terms of just overall and, football and, talent. And people this love this Dotson kid. People are Dotson's, loving this you know, Dotson kid. Possible year two breakout receiver. So I think the weapons are there. The uh, the talent prospect profile is there. And the, the game scripts could lend to higher play volume, which in turn is going to lead to higher fantasy points. So again, like, possible waiver wire addition for you after week one or just a guy to stash in the last round of your drafts if you do want to roster two quarterbacks to open up the season I think Sam Howell if all things go right you could see see him possibly be in that Daniel Jones type of player where all of a sudden you look he didn't really have a great year in terms of what the tape showed but he finishes as QB 10 in points per game and, and that's what I yeah. want with the last pick of my draft We've talked far too much about Daniel Jones and Sam Howell. We have a bad taste in my mouth. We need to move to another position. We need to move to the running backs, people that are sexy, people that are going to score touchdowns, people that are going to make juke moves and stiff arms and all the other stuff. Let's go into the five buys for the running back position. Dell, this is a position that can make and break your team. And this is also a position to me 
that is extremely weird this year. There's a lot of depth to this position. There's a lot of backfield committees that we don't know who's going to be leading the charge. We've talked about Zeke Elliott today. We've talked about Dalvin Cook and how they affect the two number one guns on those teams. So I'm very interested to hear your attack on the running back position. Can I get the first buy of the RBs? The first buy is right there with Justin Fields for me as I, I want him in almost every draft I leave. He's like my guy, non-quarterback. This is my guy out of wide receivers, out of tight ends, out of running backs. It's Tony Pollard from the Dallas Cowboys. Like oh I, my God. I, I think he has a absolute clear path to finishing as the number one overall running back. Uh, wow. You know, there's, there, there's, look, I'm not a doctor, Tony. I don't think you are either, but there's a lot of legit doctors in the fantasy football space these days, like for real. And uh, all of them say, you listen to interviews, reports, et cetera, the interview, he, the, the injury he suffered is one that can be easily rehabbed and recovered from. And all reports at a training camp show that Tony Pollard's back to 100% health. Zeke Elliott, we know they're not bringing him back. Look at who they have behind Tony Pollard. They have absolutely yeah. nobody. Deuce yeah, Vaughn, like yeah. talent, he's like five foot three. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, come on, dude. He's he's only going to do things on special I, teams. I, maybe catch a couple passes. So I also think the the. The idiot Mike McCarthy, who took over the offense now instead of Kellen Moore, he's been talking about it all offseason that they want to run the ball more. They want to establish the run. They want to win games by running the ball. And so they're going to be doing a lot of uh, just a lot of banging their heads against the wall. So it might not look pretty, but Tony Pollard's good enough to make it pretty, I think. And so I'm a little bit worried about Pollard's ability to play all 17 games. But I understand that the 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 uh, the opportunities are going to be there for him. So I get that. I just don't know if I could draft him. All I know is that so far when you've been talking about the people you're going to buy and who you, who you're going to sell, if me and you were in a fantasy draft together, Dell, I'm pretty sure we would not steal a player from each other at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Paul, Paul I, did you yeah. do it? Well, he's my guy. And, and I'm going to tell you this, like last year, uh, l- listen, listen to the amount of work that Zeke Elliott leaves behind 231 carries, 876 yeah. rushing yards, 12 rushing touchdowns. Yeah. And that, that was last season, Tony. Keep in mind, yeah. Zeke did this all last year. He was fully healthy for most of the year. Tony Pollard in the second half of last season was the RB5 overall in fantasy points per game, even with Zeke getting 900 yards and 12 Getting all that touchdowns. work, yeah. It, it's just amazing the ceiling that this guy has. And I actually think the stuff that McCarthy's saying about them being run first – I think it's a facade. I think it's really like there was a rift between him and uh, and uh, and and, Kellen, and Moore. Uh, Kellen Moore, right? There's yep. a rift between him and Kellen Moore as the OC last year, and, and and that was something that had been growing for about a year and a half. Look back to the last couple of years that Mike McCarthy was in Green Bay; they threw the ball a ton. Oh, and I the don't Cowboys, have to look back at it. I hated it. I hated every the, second of it, Chris. The Cowboys are are built to throw the ball. They brought in Brandon Cooks as a marquee free agent signing. Michael Gallup's actually uh, fully healthy after yep. an injury that happened almost two years ago. Uh, they drafted a second-round rookie tight end, Luke Shoemaker. So they've got playmakers at all levels of, of this offense. So I don't think they're really just going to be ground-and-pound type of game. And we see with that much work that Zeke Elliott's departing from. Also keep in mind that – we don't want to predict re-injuries. We talked about being yeah, yeah, injury yeah. optimistic on the Ten Commandments show, and yeah. you you have to remember that Pollard's twenty six, but he's got a ton of tread on the tires because he's always been playing in that complimentary role 
behind Zeke. All four years of Pollard's career, Tony, he's played at least 15 games in every single season. So mm-hmm. this guy hasn't missed much time. He got hurt in week 16 last year. He's already back for the preseason, ready to go for week one in a relatively clean injury slash surgery. So again, like you look at what he did in college, uh, earning targets is a skill. He, he had a 15.5% college target share. That was a 94th percentile mark when he played at Memphis, and he showed that ability last season, essentially eliminating all the routes and targets that Zeke Elliott was getting in years past. So to me, Tony Pollard, I have him ranked as the third running back overall. He's Mm -hmm. going off the board as running back eight. So if you have a second-round pick and he's there, you've got to take take him, him. in my opinion. So, Dell, your perfect fantasy team right now is QB1 Justin Fields, RB1 Tony Pollard, and you're off to the races, baby. Dell, let's get to the second running back on your five buys list. And, again, this could be a buy or a sell. This is a guy just you feel strongly about based on where he is getting drafted right now. Yeah, you know, and and we we talked about this a little bit. I'm going to bring up one more buy uh, that that I'm really on. I I think the value is there is uh, Alexander Madison from the Vikings, Right. And, and you and I have talked about this personally before. And I, I'm yeah. just I'm just casually picking on all the all the uh, the NFC North guys that you grew up. Not named nobody from Green Bay. We didn't talk about Jordan Love at all for for 20 minutes. We talked about quarterbacks, didn't mention his name. But no, no, keep going. You got some time to talk about Luke Musgrave or we'll save that for the next <laughs> shot. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I'm, this is this is a very limited sample. I'm being you know, personally, I'm being biased and picky with this sample. I know you don't have to tell me that. But in between 2019 and 2021, there were five different weeks where Dalvin Cook was hurt and Madison resumed a full-time workload. Five different weeks. He had 20-plus 20 20 touches in every game. That's carries and catches combined. He was the RB1 overall in fantasy points per game. Okay? He's getting drafted right now as the 21st running back off the board in fantasy, the 56th overall pick. Like, you don't have to spend a high draft pick. You can get Madison as a potential top five running back in like the fifth or sixth round right now. Yeah. Uh, in those, and, and listen to this too. I talked about all the work that Zeke left behind in Dallas. Yeah. Listen to li- listen to the career combined running back touches that are currently on the depth chart behind Alexander Madison. Seventeen career touches combined between Dwayne McBride. Ty Chandler and Kiki Nwangu, 15 carries and two catches in their careers combined from three players. Look, actions speak louder than words. And what did the Vikings do when they showed us their actions? They let Dalvin Cook walk. They didn't bring in another free agent running back. They even brought in other free agents like Kareem Hunt in for visits, and they didn't sign him because they know Madison's got even more tread on the tires than Tony Pollard does. And they know they can give him that full-time workload. So I just love that. Like in those five different weeks I mentioned where he was the workhorse for Minnesota, he averaged 145.8 all-purpose yards on 27-plus touches per game. Uh, and that, that's that's carries and targets altogether. So 27-plus yep. opportunities per game in that sense. Also five touchdowns, average five targets per game, 21 fantasy points per game in the process. So I've got Madison ranked as a top 12 running back. I don't think that's that, that, that crazy. And, and you can draft him as the 20th 21st. running back off the board. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I feel you. I uh, I am hesitant towards Madison, uh, uh, obviously, as a Viking, but uh, just because I don't believe that the 
I'm interested to see how that offense works this year in year two under that system. I think a lot of people had time to figure it out last year and they won a lot of weird games. And I think just Madison's opportunities will be there, but the offense won't be as productive. But you're absolutely right. If he's going to have that much opportunity coming off as RB21, that's the wrong spot to draft him. He's going to be worth a hell of a lot more than that. But let's move on to RB3 on your best buy list, Mr. Dell. Yeah, so I, I, I want to talk about a couple running backs that I, that I don't like because I've been highlighting the guys I like the most in my, in my weekly fantasy column at the Post-Gazette website. But uh, one guy that I'm actually pretty low on compared to the market, uh, Steelers fans might not like this, but it, it's Najee Harris. Wow. Del, Del, tell out, tell out. This is the second episode <laughs> we've done on this channel for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette at PG Sports. Now, like and subscribe, all the stuff I said at the beginning of the show. In the second episode, Del, you got to throw a dagger at the fan base. you got to go against Najee Harris. I'm waiting to talk about George Pickens in the wide receiver episode. We didn't talk about Kenny Pickett because we probably don't have great <laughs> things to say about him. But Najee Harris is their baby. What are you doing? I think that a lot of Steelers fans have actually soured a little bit on Najee, to be honest. Wow. I think I think a lot of Steelers fans want to see Jalen Warren get opportunity. I love Jalen Warren in fantasy, actually. He's not really the guy we're going to highlight in this type of episode because he's more of like a handcuff, waiting in the wings type of player. Yeah. Uh, maybe a future Tony Pollard type Najee. of player. I love a sneak peek tight end episode. I love Pat Farmuse. So don't come <laughs> after me. Pittsburgh Steelers Twitter. But I love Pat but, Farmuse. But, but I you're out like on Najee. You're out on Najee based on his draft position. Yeah, he's just he's getting drafted too high. You have to like go pretty far down the board last season uh, in in full PPR, mind you, which actually suited Najee better because because originally originally he was getting so many checkdowns as a rookie from Big Ben. But Kenny Pickett doesn't doesn't play like Big Ben. Kenny Pickett's got some wheels. He can run the ball. He can make some plays with his athleticism, extend the pocket. He's not just going to check down every single play in the second mm-hmm. half of last year. Uh, Najee Harris seeded a ton of snaps and routes, uh, plays in the two-minute drill, the no-huddle offense, to the aforementioned Jalen Warren. So I think that's only going to continue as Jalen Warren gets better. Najee Harris last year averaged only 13.1 fantasy points per game, and and that was right around RB20 overall Mm. in fantasy. And you look at him right now. Where's he getting drafted right now? RB11. So, you know, even if you put him at what he did last year, he's coming around RB20. I've got him RB25. I I think he's a top 25 running back. I think he can be RB25. So, Del, 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 just to further throw you under the bus here with this Pittsburgh crowd, with the average draft position rankings that are out there in the world right now, you would switch Najee Harris with Alexander Madison. I mean, I've got I've got Alexander Madison. Let me just double check where I I'm you would there. switch. I got Madison there. eleven, and I have Najee twenty five. So <laughs> I got uh, just just great. to put this in context, Tony. I, I've got just in that cluster, and this is my tier four of my running backs, which basically extends from Brees Hall down to Rashad White. I think all these running backs are similar. I think Najee's in that bucket. But if you're drafting based off these rankings you're never going to get Najee because he's going to go way before RB25. Yeah. So that's that's the point of me setting up my tiers and my rankings like this on how I want to draft. I've got him right around the likes of Cam Akers, Travis Etienne, Damian Pierce, guys who aren't necessarily guaranteed to catch a ton of passes and mm-hmm. earn a lot of targets this year. And most fantasy leagues, as we know nowadays, they're either full PPR 
point per reception leagues or they're half PPR. So these targets mean a lot at the end of the day. And Najee's just getting drafted way too high. I, I like the other playmakers in this offense. Like personally, I think Deontay Johnson is one of the most talented receivers in the league. I know you like Pickens, but to me, you lost it. Though. You can't, you take, can't get the winner. You can't get the fans I, back. You've already I'm lost. Trying. It. <laughs> I, but, but again, I, I'm willing to bet that I, I think at least half the Steelers fans listening to me are going to be in somewhat of an agreement that I actually think Warren, Warren is the better fantasy option if he were to have Najee Harris's role than Najee is in that role right now. Well, let's move on uh, uh, to the one listener we have left that's not from Pittsburgh. Let's move on to the fourth running back on Dell's five buys list. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a guy that's only two spots lower. Let me just combine this into like a buy slash sell. Like I wrote in the article that I really like uh, Tank Bigsby a lot, but I'm gonna I'm gonna flip it. I'm gonna reverse that and say I'm really out on Travis Etienne. I have Travis Etienne actually ranked two spots behind Najee. As you know, you mentioned his name with the Najee, Damian Pierce, tra- Travis Etienne yeah. in your rankings, and I almost said something, and I'm happy I didn't. But Etienne, to me, I, I, I mean, he has. I know they have Tank Bigsby in there, and I know he brings a different uh, set of skills to the Jacksonville offense, especially when it comes to the fantasy production. But to me, I don't see that being anywhere close to – I see that being like a, a, at most an 80 to 20 uh, opportunity share. I think uh, Travis Etienne is the number one back by far, so I'm interested to see why you have him so low. Travis Etienne's getting drafted one spot behind Najee. He's the RB12 off the board in drafts. Yeah. Tra- Travis Etienne averaged even less fantasy points per game than Najee last year. He was he was the RB25 in fantasy points per game last year in full PPR formats, mind you. So, yeah. look, uh, Travis Etienne, uh, again, like this is based off scouting analysis, things like that. He caught a lot of passes in college, but that offense specifically was schemed to design passes to running backs. That's not necessarily translatable to the NFL level. There's a reason why Travis Etienne did not play last year on a lot of third down opportunities for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were using, uh, uh, was it Jermichael Hasty in, in, in yeah. that role? And they brought Hasty back. They actually signed Dearness Johnson, who's had a couple peak, ga- peak games in his young career as yeah. well. And then what do they do? Look, uh, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, this current coaching regime by Doug Peterson, they didn't draft Etienne, right? They did not, no. They drafted Tank Bixby. Yeah, and, and again, actions speak louder than words here, where if you're running back taken with a top three or top four round pick, that's pretty solid draft capital to where they're probably going to use you in some type of role to start out your career. And we know that rookie running backs can come in and make an instant impact. Even during these preseason games and training camp reports, they're giving uh, Tank Bigsby the ball at the goal line as like the main goal line back. Tank, Tank Bixby actually was a very good receiving running back uh, in college overall. So again, like six foot, 210 pounds. I mentioned the uh, the college target share percentage from Pollard. Tank Bixby had the exact same one at Auburn, 94th percentile overall. So again, earning targets is a skill and ETN did not earn targets last year. Uh, and he's going as a top, top 30 pick out of all positions. It's just way too high. So I'm not saying Tank Bixby is going to be able to start for you right off the bat. But you can draft Tank, Tank Bixby as the 50th overall running back at pick overall number 154. Give me Bixby yeah. at that price all day, and I'll just completely not take ETN on any of my fantasy teams this year. Do you think uh, Do you think Tank Bixby would be less sexy of a pick if his name was like Keith? If, if his name was like Dalton Schultz, yeah, I probably wouldn't be drafting him at all. <laughs> ah. 
All right, let's move on to the last running back on the five buys list, Dell. We've already, again, killed Najee, uh, my boy Najee. Do you have anyone you want to sell, or are we going with a final buy? Yeah, um, I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna combine two guys into one because they're essentially the same type of player here, and and they've both shown within the last couple of years that when given the opportunity and when healthy, they're top tied, top five locked in, top ten at the worst locked in uh, fantasy running backs in terms of what we want, which is fantasy points per game. Uh, Alvin Kamara, man, like what what are we doing here, Tony? He's gonna miss three games. That's it, three games. He's gonna drafted as the RB twenty eight wow. overall. Last year, it wasn't the brightest of times for Alvin Kamara. He he was still RB14 overall in fantasy points yeah. per game last year, as bad, as bad as he was. And over the last two seasons, he's now seen uh, uh, multiple year consecutive increases in games played, in total receptions, in targets, receiving yards, and yards per carry. He was the RB5 two seasons ago. Yeah. Think about yes. that. Less less than two years ago. Like, let's yeah. not get too crazy here. Andy freaking Dalton was the starting quarterback for most of last year. And and you know why uh before that it was even worse because Taysom Hill was starting, and we know that rushing quarterbacks don't pass to their running backs. Yeah. So you're getting Kamara at an absolute bargain. Public perception right now on him is negative because of that tape that came out from Vegas that got him suspended, all that good stuff. Uh, for me, he, he's an absolute buy at RB28 right now. I've got him as RB15 overall in my mm-hmm. rankings. And I'm going to say uh, my guy, uh, my dad bought me a, a jersey for him for Christmas last year because they only win a league two years ago. Antonio Gibson for Washington. I'm going back to the <laughs> commanders, man. Gibson's being taken as the 34th running back off the board in drafts right now. Last season, even though he was losing snaps to Brian Robinson, he was in the coaching doghouse for a couple of weeks. He still finished as the RB24 in fantasy points per game. Now you bring in Eric the Enemy from the Chiefs, who's going to have a, 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 a firm grasp of that offense. He's already pointed to Gibson playing the role that he kept getting vultured from J.D. McKissick over the yep. last couple of years in Washington. J.D. McKissick's no longer there. Gibson yep. played receiver in college, very talented receiving back who just hasn't, uh, who has needed a little extra time in terms of getting his pass blocking and his route running up to NFL standards. Let's not forget in 2020 and 2021, he was the RB 18 in fantasy points per game. And those years included stretches of five, six plus games where he was borderline top 10, even top five certain weeks. So explosive player, young player, pass catching chops, which is what we want possible opportunity even if he maintains the same role as he did last year he's going to beat his current ADP by at least 10 spots so I think there's a lot of upside and I think there's a lot of safety safety to a pick like him as well as uh, Alvin Kamara at the same time with these two guys the thing about Gibson is I I think in a full PPR league where you get a full point per reception I think that's the right move if you get a half PPR league or something lower I think you got to go Robinson because I think the the lion's share of carries are going to be Robinson's especially near the goal line and I do think uh, Gibson is going to be playing that JD McKissick role two minute drill third down back well that's great in a PPR if you got if you're playing in a league that's anything less I would rather have Robinson because I just think the the points per receptions won't get you to that total can I talk about one more guy I hate, Tony? Please. It's Brian Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, man, like, t- again, I just want to say touchdowns are the hardest thing to predict in fantasy. We don't draft players uh, unless it's a unicorn like Derrick Henry where they're just going to feed him at the goal line. 
we don't draft players to score touchdowns. That's the most random statistic in fantasy. We draft them based off the opportunities inside the 20, inside the 10, the two-minute drill, the no huddle, the targets. That's what Antonio Gibson gives you. Brian Robinson didn't earn any targets last year. And if you're banking on him to get lucky and get and fall into the end zone, then yes. But that's not how you, you can uh, draft players. I just can't. Del, all I can say is many Let's men, get in the lead together, Tony. Come on. Let's, let's, Del, let's go, ma- many men wish death upon Brian Robinson. And he, did, he, he was bigger than that. And some things are bigger than football. So I'll be drafting Brian Robinson with a smile <laughs> on my face as you draft guys like Alvin Kamara and Deshaun Watson. Just upstanding young gentlemen. So that's the way I play fantasy, Dell. And that is it. For the Fantasy Favorites episode, the QBs and RBs breaking down the five buys. Again, we're brought to you by the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and at PG Sports. Now, give us the like, give us the subscribe. It helps out a whole lot. And we will be back next week talking about the wide receivers and the tight end positions, breaking down who you should focus on for your drafts in that. And I promise you, maybe, just maybe, me and Dell will agree on a few of these names for the next episode. Dell, hats off to you, buddy. It was another wonderful time. I appreciate it. I just want to say for you know, it, the whole debate between Najee Harris versus Jalen Warren and the sending <laughs> fantasy option, that, look, that, that's a very important topic, and our guys cover it the best at the Post-Gazette. Brian Backo, Jerry Dulac, our guys out there at every single training camp practice putting, putting quality articles and quality reporting, not just on social media, but on our articles on the website, which you can get a great deal on right now. So Again, like I go, I go to those guys. I go to the beat reporters that I trust. And that's a very important topic this year is do I draft Najee with an early pick or do I get a possible sleeper, possible breakout candidate and Jalen Warren? And I want to be plugged into the beat reporters who are there every single day. So shout out to our guys at the Post-Gazette there. We're going to try to bring on Brian uh, possibly for one of our future fantasy football episodes during the regular season. But yeah, no, it's, it's, it's always fun, Tony. Whether we agree or disagree, I think it's more fun when we disagree, actually. So uh definitely look forward to doing it again wide receivers and tight ends for the next one man can't wait can't wait for you to not have a green bay packer on there all right boys i'll talk to you later peace out thank you for tuning in to another episode of the north shore drive podcast from the pittsburgh post gazette if you watch this video on youtube please like the video and subscribe to our channel for three months of digital access to post-gazette.com at 99 cents click the link below in the description 